looking at this very interesting concern or guilt and uh, I think this is where someone reaches the point and saying, okay, I'm not denying anymore, I'm guilty, but how do I deal with this guilt? How do I deal with this guilt? And uh, does the Bible have answers? Um, it's true that uh, Hitler should have felt guilty about what he was doing, but also Judas should not have felt that guilty about what he did, that he has to take his own life. And I think both extremes are wrong. And so where do we find the balance? Where do we find the balance? And that's going to be our discussion point uh, this evening. But I think in looking at Judas, in looking at Peter, both were sorry about their sin, but they handled it differently. Two people in this before the same savior, but handled their uh, situations differently. And I think there's so much we can learn from that. I'm Reverend Gideon, and I'm very privileged to be here. Um, and so I will, uh, there was, you've, we've been discussing uh, concerning guilt and the story of David and how, um, how he was confronted. Um, so you are guilty. Have you ever admitted to yourself that you are guilty or to anyone how guilty you are? Have you actually ever confessed to anyone, I was wrong, I am guilty of this or the other crime? If you have, I want you to, to think back. You might have even done it just a few minutes before you listen to this. What feelings did it bring up if you, if you did it? I'll tell you a story of mine. A few years ago, I, I was a, a freshman in college. <laughs> I've used that word, freshman. Anyway, I was a freshman in college. Um, I was filled with all sorts of hopes and dreams and plans and ambitions, pride and prejudice, lust and wants. You see, because I was the leading prayer warrior and the prayer secretary of my fellowship, the Pesetas, I had acquired a status a status that blinded me from the pitfalls of my own weakness, my own prideful pursuits. Everything was about how I could prove to people that I was as Christian as I said I was. So this got me into a lot of compromise. There was a lot of compromising positions I found myself in. I suffered from a chronic and fatal savior complex brought about by my blinding pride. So the scriptures tell us that pride comes before a fall, that God opposes the haughty and gives grace to the humble, that the meek are blessed and inherit much. Oh, how great my fall was, Bambi. I fell hard. Overwhelming guilt and shame consumed me from within. I couldn't bear to live with myself in the leadership positions I was. So I left. I took a back seat and, you know, to try and sort my life out before I am worthy of the ministry again. You see, I couldn't bear the guilt of what I had done. I couldn't handle the shame I felt. So I ran. In my attempts to fix myself, a ruse from my pride still, I found myself in several entanglements. I simply couldn't get out of. 
hearts lingering, minds wandering, testimonies lost. I was guilty. I saw what I had done. I was ashamed of myself. I saw what I was. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, painted a similar scenario this way. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not want, I I do what I want. Sorry, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. There's no scripture that could define me this way. In his turmoil, with this guilt and shame and the conundrum, he asks, wretched man, what or who will deliver me from this body of death? It is a painful realization when one recognizes himself as wretched pitiable, downtrodden, oppressed, powerless, helpless. A wretched person is one that is desolate, devastated, despairing, and inconsolable. This is what I felt. This is how I felt. This is who I saw myself as, wretched. Is there something you can remember, you who's listening, that made you feel this way? Are there things you say or do or think that make you feel you deserve nothing but the worst? Are you like Paul that asked, what a wretched man or woman I am? Who shall save me from this body of death? The embodiment of guilt and shame is in that word, wretched. According to the dictionary, uh, dictionary dictionary.com, guilt, the definition of guilt, involves the awareness of having done something wrong. It arises from our actions, even if it might be one that occurs in fantasy. Shame, on the other hand, shame may result from the awareness of guilt, but apparently is not the same thing as guilt. It's a painful feeling about how we appear to others and to ourselves and doesn't necessarily depend on our having done anything. See, this this is a very ambiguous definition. There is a reason why I have brought these two together, guilt and shame. Guilt and shame. They come hand in hand. Sometimes people feel shame and call it guilt. And sometimes people feel guilty and call it shame. But here is a a definition that I can explain a little further by giving this example, my life's example. Flirting, fondling, caressing another man's daughter is wrong. I was guilty of it. 
I participated in wrongdoing. This is guilt. But doing things, doing these things made me feel bad about myself. I felt like I am a bad person. I am morally unworthy. I am socially incompetent. Not the person I should be. I felt I am a wrong being. So the difference between guilt and shame is that guilt presents wrongdoing and shame presents wrong being. Feeling like I am just a wrong human being and feeling like I did something wrong. That is the difference between shame and guilt. Our guilt, therefore, ushers in our shame. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Romans 7 verse 24. Because of our sinful nature, we are riddled with guilt and shame. We are guilty and are ashamed of ourselves. Satan's playing field is a mind with this setting, guilt and shame. And what that does is that, number one, it isolates. You are alone in this feeling. You are alone and no one else can understand how you feel about yourself and what you did. Number two, he neutralizes. You are guilty. You are guilty and there is no one else but you that knows exactly how that is. You are guilty. And third, he eliminates you. He eliminates you with the shame. You are a shame. Your guilt brings the shame. You are a shame. You are not worthy of living. This is what Satan does. This is how he isolates he neutralizes and eliminates you. This is how he comes. He steals, he kills, and destroys you from within using your guilt and your shame. But this is the good news. Verse 25 of Romans 7, he says, Thanks be to God. This is in an answer to the question, Wretched man, I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? He says, thanks be to God. Why? Why give thanks? What has he done about my guilt and my shame? Who delivers me? He says, thanks be to God who delivers me. And how does he deliver me? How can one deliver me from my wretchedness? And this is how he says it. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's stop right there for a moment. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Ephesians 1. I mean, yeah, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Paul emphasizes saying, You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in his mercy made us alive with Christ when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace You've been saved. 
He emphasizes it as well in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. He says, but God demonstrates his own love for us this way. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I myself in my mind, he says in Romans 7, 24 and 25, in my mind I am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the battle that continues on to this day in our hearts and in our minds. We are aware that God is at work. God bless you. If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to bed, you can as well grow in your faith. Cabin Devils, your number one live podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African Time.